and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Today, I have another awesome guest who has lots of experiences, Jahan Zipkan. He is a senior software engineering manager at Electronic Arts. And before we get into today's topic, Jahan Zip or Jazzy, please give us a chance to get to know you a bit better. Tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a great honor to be here talking about this stuff I'm very passionate about. My name is Azab Khan. Most people call me Jazzy. Currently, I'm a senior software engineering manager at Electronic Arts in the Frostbite Studios. Frostbite Studios basically makes the Frostbite game engine, which powers almost all of EA's games. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I'm currently doing. In terms of work, I lead uh, engineering teams which build tools and services are also involved in test automation and release engineering. And basically, aim is to provide the best quality to our customers, which are also internal. And that's basically what we do within our business unit. Would you like to share anything about your passions, some hobbies, what you do outside of work? Yeah, so <laughs> in terms of passions, so this, is, uh, this might sound nerdy, but software engineering was my passion, is my passion, which is how I probably ended up in this field. Ever since I was little, I used to play a lot of games and also really loved remote control toys and stuff. That got me thinking, you know, how do these, how do these things work? And that just trickled into, you know, engineering in general and then figuring out, you know, how software work and how can I build better experiences which eventually led me down a path of getting a degree in uh, software engineering with my majors being artificial intelligence and robotics. I've worked with different companies over the past, including military contractors. So building software for aircraft, for tanks and stuff, and also integration software. Later on, I switched gears a little bit and got into more commercial software worked as Plumgrid, which is basically, which was acquired by VMware. They were into virtual machines, on-premise clouds and uh, everything. Then switched into different roles across to be an architect and lead and manager. For the past couple of years, I've been into, you know, building great teams. And that basically is one of the topics that, you know, I'm very passionate to talk about. How do you build great teams? How do you keep those teams great? once you build them and how do you deliver the right kind of work. That's pretty much what my passions are in terms of side projects. I've been trying to do two things, one of which I don't think has any commercial aspects. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, is to make my trolley that I carry my groceries in smart. So putting sensors on top of it and motors so that it walks by itself and I don't have to drag it around anywhere. I don't know if it will ever have any commercial aspect to it, but the other one that I'm really passionate about is getting rid of ads, like ads ads on the sides of web pages, not like ad block, but in different ways. So I've been having chats with my friends 
you know, we can we can do quite a few things. So I'm not going to bore you guys with the details on that, but it's uh, hopefully that will turn into some kind of actual business at some point. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. And without further ado, let's talk about today's topic, which is leading and or building OKR-driven, high-performing teams and with that organizations. I would like to say, let's jump right in. First of all, define what OKRs are for our purposes and what it means for you and for an organization to be driven by OKRs. OKRs stand for Objectives and Key Reserves. Basically, it's a collaborative goal-setting methodology used by teams that you can use to set up challenging goals of something that your company desires, like things that can align up. You're better able to track progress. You can talk to the team in terms of how they've made progress on that, whether they're aligned to it, whether you're all going in the same direction and all that. So OKRs basically allow you to be able to talk about goals in a more quantitative way than more qualitative way. And as you go up, while a team can have OKRs, they can feed up into the other OKRs for the larger team, which can feed up into some North Star goals, and then North Star goals can get aligned. And basically, your whole company goes towards one single direction, going in the same direction, providing better output. So that's what OKRs are. And if you employ them in the right way, you'll definitely be able to provide more leverage into the efforts that you're providing. Can you tell us what an organization looks like? How are they different from any other organization that is not driven by Oh, OKRs? sure. I'll just use the example of our own business unit. Like, I'll just go back to 2019 when we were trying to build our team into more um, quantitative. So we could basically drill down and figure out how small inputs from software engineers are adding up and driving the whole quality perspective or uh, the value proposition of what we're building, right? So there were three things that we were building back then. There were tooling and services. There was the test automation for the larger product and the part of, and the product itself, right? So when we're building all of those things together, what we realized was that setting up smart goals, which were not normally driven in an EA fashion through cascaded goals coming down from the top that we want to be the best place for best people. We want to provide opportunities for people. All of those goals, you can tie up into those goals, but they won't be as aligned. You would be scrambling. So I'll just give a very simple example. Somebody who's not a people manager, it doesn't matter whether they're an SE or they're a very senior person, a technical director on the team. How would they align up to a value within be the best place for best people would be a bit difficult because they're not the ones who are directly hiring people. They're not the ones who are directly managing people. It becomes difficult. The only thing they can actually tie up into is we are going to be good to the other people around us. And that's not a very good goal. Now, if you, if you try to cascade all those goals down, that becomes a challenge. Now, what is the right way? What is a good way that you can capture those inputs of what people are doing and make them more transparent so that anybody in, in the company can come in and see, hey, this much percentage of this thing is done. Basically, exposing the information on the progress you've made to those goals out to any team. That basically is how you would do it either with smart goals and or you can basically modify OKRs to be more 
स्मार्ट लाइक और स्मार्ट गोल्स टू बी मोर हो गया लाइक इट्स बेसिकली वॉट वी डेट वी मेड अ मेक्स ऑफ दैट वी टक द गुड आइडिया अबाउट सेटिंग अप ऑब्जेक्टिव दीज अब वॉट वी वॉन्ट टू नॉर्थ स्टार्स वे वी वॉन्ट टू अलाइन टू एंड द की रिजल्ट ऑफ मेट्रिक्स डेट वुड बेसिकली फॉर्म टू मेक श्योर दैट दैट ऑब्जेक्टिव इज अचीव एंड दोज थिंग्स इफ यू रिली थिंक अबाउट इट आर स्पेसिफिक दे मेजरेबल देर अटेनेबल बिकॉज that and they are relevant in time bound so basically it was a blend of both systems and when we brought that in it really changed how we see progress on our team it was less about hey did we do a good enough burn down how much of our scope have we burnt down versus not burnt down so progress in that sense changed into we wanted to build a test reliability software and for that we needed these microservices and for those microservices meaning the, these endpoints are those dynamic and if they are basically you've completed that test reliability software instead of talking about velocities and burn downs and story points we started talking about more measurable meaningful value driven objectives that this is what we're aiming for even for the people side of things so we basically broke down developing and hiring the best team and to hey we have this many headcount we need to complete that their onboarding needs to be completed they need to become comfortable in the environment that they are working in those things were key results in metrics that could be measured and they were feeding into building the best team so it was fairly easy to actually see the progress being made i would say it democratized our way of looking at goals it allowed everybody to have an opinion and then obviously you would also be able to look at the results so that's the difference i love that thank you so you said that beforehand mm-hmm. you didn't have okrs and you kind of arrived at smart goals if i got that correctly what was kind of your process how do you think an organization is ready for okrs what kind of problems should they be experiencing what is the way of arriving at using okrs uh... I'll use my example and I don't know how cast my team in a like <laughs> how we came about it was we were really struggling we were really struggling and we had grown tremendously through 2019 into 2020 mid 2020 and we had two very large arms of our team this is basically my previous team before frostbite where where I implemented this first time and we had a very large team of our quality verification team members who were working on quality experience and how things look and feel and then we had a very large engineering team and there was not a very good way of basically mashing them together in terms of goals what are the outcomes they're both very different organizations they're both trying to do some things a little bit too differently that you don't want to measure them in the in the same way and all of those cascading goals actually looked very different on both areas we were really struggling to figure out hey if we are going to do business reviews with our head on how are we spending the money and where is it going and what value is it driving how do we do that based on this disparate different kind of inputs and we were we were trying to figure out what is the right way of doing smart goals that would align up well that is how we actually ended up hitting this and to be fair initially it looked like a lot of meetings where everybody was clashing they're talking about no this doesn't make sense and or basically debating how would we have this the right accurate data 
to for this or what would be the latitude data and what kind of resolution would we be needing for that data and how what is the cadence on how quickly do we want it and things like that but slowly and gradually what i realized uh, alongside manager was that this is this is part of the process we are debating what makes sense for us as a team we're debating how we want to set up the right goals the right metrics for a team we're debating all of these things and the reason we're debating is because we're passionate about it and we want it to be accurate and while the north star was set all the objectives could be moved around a little bit and all the key results and metrics could be moved around a lot and which is exactly what we did we kept moving them around till it made sense and if it didn't make sense in a review we just move it around again we make sure that we don't move it on a north stars where we really want to end up and that was basically our process it took us a lot of time and a lot of meetings between leadership and extended leadership just to figure out hey does this make sense and sometimes you know it was just no it makes no sense yes you can't you doing here and even i questioned myself on that but later on we were able to drive it towards a conclusion and we were very happy with it because you know we could literally have something we could visualize and say yeah we're here and this is where we this is where we want to go and this is how far we've come along you could literally see it that really was useful in terms of the value driven when you say you were able to visualize should we picture an actual board or was it more like a matrix or what is the process you can probably do it in an excel sheet you can do it on a doc wherever you want uh we chose to use miro as a dashboard uh, for us or or at least not a dashboard as a whiteboard for us as vividly remember there was a north star which was literally a golden star top <laughs> which had wordings in it this is the north star where we want to go and instead of cascading down everything was feeding up into the north star goal it made kind of more sense and then there were you know a lot of stickies underneath that used to move around and if we if we thought that hey this makes complete sense to be a key result or a metric we just pin it there change the thing so it literally was a visual representation of where we were and in each of our meetings we would go through hey does this still make sense while that was one area the other area was that most of those metrics were either coming from jira or from gitlab or other sources which are very concrete so it was fairly easy to plug into those endpoints for our dashboard which was basically based in power, on power bi and was pulling from that so you could literally see the progress of the team anytime you wanted to see it on a dashboard so it was a combination between a mirror board and a dashboard where it actually like obviously if we changed our metrics or or you know the source of our data we would definitely change those endpoints for the power bi and i think i should definitely thank our data analytics team for setting all of those things up they they really pulled in a lot of you know late <laughs> evenings just to get a lot of stuff like that done but it was an amazing thing yeah thank you for giving us this this picture now that we are getting into the nitty-gritty can you tell us a little about how these stickies are put up on the board is everybody allowed to to put up something or is this kind of the job of the management are the jira tickets completely in hmm. line are they hand picked what is kind of the process of making sure that tasks are um, moved up 
towards think, the North Star? I, I think um, it's a it's a blend of both. So the North Star and the bigger objectives that we were talking about were mostly from my manager in at that time and myself and some of our leadership team. Not almost everyone in there either. But the key results and everything was more democratized. So everybody could put up a good source of information and how it ties up. So what we really needed was that, sure, it's a good source of information, but how does it tie up and which areas does it tie into and how will it affect it, right? So that the formulas are accurate. While at the start, even the objectives were fair game for anyone. The North Star goal was never a fair game for anyone. That was something that a very few select people in the team work hard at to make sure that hey it's aligned and it's something that is desired of the whole business unit we're talking about more than 100 people right so it was very important that that north star be very value driven and something that can be defended in those business review meetings as well but the rest of it was pretty open these stickies were pretty open these reviews were very open. I should also say the same thing about our current team. So right now, the North Star is basically what my director of engineering and I have defined. We have defined it. It doesn't change. That's basically what is expected of my organization, which is basically all of the rest of the engineers. So in my new role, I have more senior engineers that I'm working with. And the idea is that we would be able to align well with them. And my team is coming up with the right kind of metrics that we are collecting right now. And it's very democratic and it's moving around, it's shifting, but the objectives aren't changing too much. Those are those that my team lead, me and our whole team decided that these will remain the objectives we're trying to build right now. I can't go into a lot of detail about the objectives. It's kind of like a confidential thing, but the rest of it is that the metrics are normally coming from very concrete sources of data, including there was a funny little one that I saw yesterday. It was about that the design documents are complete. And I said, hey, how do we make sure they're complete? And we started having, this was the other day, not yesterday, it was the other day. And we started debating on what complete means, what is the definition of done for a doc design document, and what we came up with was that the source of data could be check marks, basically, uh, radio boxes, uh, not radio boxes, check boxes uh, on a document. If all of those are complete, we can basically take it as one document is complete. And one out of how many is something that we can decide and basically goes in. So I think it's more of an organic process once you get into the habit of it. The idea is that this keeps your team well aligned and moving in the right direction. And it also enables them to see the value that they're providing. Because sometimes when you're writing a piece of code or a feature or even a function, you don't see the bigger picture, which is very important. You know, if you think about it as a tapestry or if you think about it as a big carpet that you're making, those big Persian carpets, right? So if you're just weaving a small little area and you're looking at, hey, everything I do is blue, but you don't see it from afar where it is it's an azure sea of brilliant colors you won't be able to realize the beauty of it right you'd be like i'm just doing this how does it add value it actually adds value to be fair i took this weird little visual from the prince of egypt that animation where they say you know if you're if you're sitting on a top of a mountain you're a small little rock you don't really see the grand design you're a big mountain but you don't see it. So, you know, <laughs> bigger picture is very important for software engineers. If I understand correctly, the way you are using OKRs helps 
the individuals see their own value? Does it help cross-functionally for the teams to understand each other? In my previous team, it was very true. It definitely allowed cross-team understanding, cross-functional understanding, especially for people who were far apart in terms of work roles, right? So people who were quality designers, who were thinking of qualitative analysis of the product versus people who were writing tests as part of their job. So it, it's fairly different and it was very important for them to understand each other in terms of, hey, what is your input? What is my input? And how does it end up into, you know, one big picture? In my current team, it's less cross-functional because we're all engineering. So it's very similar, just different domains. So I've, I have people who work on the physics engine and I've got people who work on the animation engine. So they're similar, but not so similar, so a little different, but it's basically a different kind of a way of them understanding what Ezo's value is adding towards our final goal. And the thing that it provides just by being there is an inherent gel in between teams so that, you know, a team wants to perform better, it wants to be there, and it wants to provide the best output. So it's a very good mechanism of keeping a team engaged, aligned, and highly performing. So when you have a new engineer joining, how do you explain to them how OKRs work at your company? Do you have like an onboarding process? We definitely have an onboarding process. It's something that I always bring up once they're more comfortable in their role. So let's, let's take an example. I had somebody recently join my team and they basically started working on all of these areas, trying to understand what the Frostbite Studios does as, uh, in general, what their team are doing specifically, what they're trying to build for themselves. And they look through the strategy document, they look through a lot of things. So we have a funny little saying with an ear, which is drinking from the fire hose, that there's so many things that you're trying to absorb each day when you're, when you've initially joined it, it's just, it's almost unbearable, right? So adding one more thing to the mix would just shorten the length of time that the person wants to stay. So we want to keep it at a point where they want to stay and also be able to absorb. So OKRs is something that I always bring up after, you know, a month or two of them joining and I show them, hey, this is a board. And most of the times, so in my last one was like, huh, why? That was the first time somebody actually asked me that question. Most of the times it's like, wow, this is amazing. So you, we can easily see what we're doing, right? But uh, but the why actually brought up a lot of questions for me. And I, I kept going, diving deep, why they thought that it was not something to be bought by, uh, but rather asking, hey, why are you doing this? And it kind of created another key result or metric within our board just by that line of questioning that that person had. And I'm very thankful for his contribution to it because he actually asked me, hey, why this process? Why that process? Why are we measuring this? And he's a brilliant engineer and I really uh, thank him for being so upfront about things that are normally considered more difficult, right? He just joined a team one month down the road. He actually questioned me on my methods and, uh, and by the end, we actually reduced some of our process, we made it more lean and more agile in that way. And I'll say we improved our efficiency a lot by reducing some of the process that we, we had. And so 
basically, if nothing, it's always a conversation starter <laughs> after the month that this is how we're trying to measure the effectiveness of our team. This is how we're trying to make sure that we are all aligned on the same value systems. And if somebody actually questions this, it's actually a very good thing, which brings in even more options to enhance. So you kind of mentioned that one of the drawbacks of using OKRs might be that you overwhelm new employees with the information. What kind of other pitfalls should our listeners pay attention to? <laughs> We've gone through most of them, I guess. One of them was just one of those things where you're just going with a buzzword, right? That, hey, because the people are doing OKRs, we want to do OKRs as well. And how do we do OKRs? And, you know, it's the whole cargo cult engineering. I think Ken Beck's book had that. And one should only do this if it fits their team. And how it fits their team is something that they'll know for sure. Uh, how it fit our team was that we were struggling with all of the methods, honestly. And we wanted some way that we could align well to our North Star. And it made sense. If somebody or any team tries to do it just for the sake of it, it would not probably work because the intent behind it is that you're able to have something that is measurable, that can track progress, that can encourage engagement, you know, all of those things. And if you're not looking for those, and if you're just trying to have a goal-setting methodology, then the smart goals might work. But they haven't for us. So <laughs> I definitely say OKR is a little better than that, but everybody's mileage might vary. That's one way of saying it. <laughs> Sounds about right. So if there are some listeners who are getting, you know, enthusiastic about OKRs or who have been thinking about implementing this system within their teams, what should they do to start? How should they roll out the plan? My weird suggestion would be to experiment with it. We went with, we used to have KPIs for our smart goals and all of that, right? And we, we ran a system where we were experimenting A and B. Hey, one part of our team does this, the other part of our team does this. And let's review at the end of a quarter, so at least three months of, did it help us, did it not help us, things like that. I'm a big, big proponent of experimenting, like set up a hypothesis, you know, and null hypothesis, hey, this doesn't work, or this works, and and basically try to disprove or prove it, be it the way around. And definitely have two sets of people doing it, maybe a business as usual, and the other person does this. That's what I've done, and if people are deciding whether they want to jump on this, there are tons of good resources. So with you implementing OKRs, did you have to make sure that everyone was on board within your team or did they also feel the need for the implementation? I'll use our current example and I'll tell you the previous funny example. Our current example was I came up with the idea uh, that, hey, we should do this. My team immediately got on board with it. So that's a good little story. They actually took my advice. And why they took my advice was that they knew that I have done this before and it has been very successful because funnily, I think after three and a half years, you develop some kind of notoriety within an organization. People already know you before you come in that, oh yeah, that's Jazzy. He's done this and this. So, you know, he's at least good at these things, even if he has a weird self-deprecating sense of humor. So, you know, <laughs> people make caveats so that they, know, they do know you when you're coming into some kind of meeting. <laughs> 
Uh, on my previous team, it was the first time, right, uh, that we were struggling with this. So it was very difficult to sell the IDF. People were like, you're making work, you know, typical management speak, you just want to create a process just for processing. There was a lot of comments that were there and people weren't very well aware. Some people were less enthusiastic about it than other people. I'll say most of the management team was very enthusiastic about it because they were like, hey, at least it'll give us something, which is which might be better than what we have been doing before. So it was a mix of emotions, honestly. And because we understood the pulse of the team, we kept it slow. We started slow. Uh, we experimented with it uh, in two, two different things and we organically grew it. The thing about organic growth is exactly that, you know, uh, if you're not, so if you take an example of the real world, if you have a big marketing budget and, you know, you go out and talk to tons of people about adopting a certain product, sure, and it's less organic, so there's less retention power. But if you have an organic growth, uh, I'll take a weird example of Dropbox. So Dropbox.com is still surviving and doing well in, in its space. And think about the people that it's competing with. It's competing with Google Drive of all the people, right? That's the other big player in the market. And it's powered by Google. So a small company can survive when it's organic growth. And uh, talking to some of the people, I realized that most of their organic growth came from people who were musicians and in the, in, in the entertainment industry. And that's probably why I know them as well, because I used to be a musician, right? Or at least I am a musician. I don't know anymore. But the thing is, that was an interesting thing to find out that, you know, they have retention power in those areas and it's very difficult to dislodge them from there. So that's basically the organic growth that I wanted within my team, that people adopt it because they find it useful, not because it's coming from me. And once I had set it up, and thankfully I was successful at it because of my manager as well, and my previous manager and my current manager, that kind of got in here as well in my current team. They were like, yeah, this makes sense. We do it. So we have covered a lot of ground within setting up OKRs and kind of your process of coming from smart goals to implementing OKRs. To me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of sounds like you also iterate how you use OKRs every now and then just to make sure that you are still talking about the same thing within your teams. And it helped a lot with aligning everybody towards working for the same goals within the company or within your teams. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. It's an ever-evolving process, so it's not set in stone, and it should definitely not be set in stone. So, yeah, that's one of the pitfalls that you're talking about. If you have things that are set in stone, even for small business units, for teams, it will eventually be either outpaced, outgunned with any any of the new players coming in, right? It's it's never business as usual. So you really need, and also basically something that I was thinking before this call, honestly, was that an organization needs to be lean and mean enough to shift its weight quickly and take on new challenges, but also be stable enough to provide the right, right value for the customer. So while they seem to be to clashing or things within the tension between both of them, it needs to be a healthy balance. So that healthy balance can only be achieved if you are always questioning, always iterating through, evolving your process, your key results, if they need to be, even objectives for that matter. The North Star goals typically 
are not realigned too much because normally they're very big lofty values like they're going to provide the best quality of certain thing to certain customer right and you'd probably not try to revert it to say no we are not going to provide a good quality we're going to provide a bad quality it would be very awkward but i'm pretty sure that nobody wants to do that so those get less changed but sure it needs to be a living document it's the same kind of thing that i say to my team about team norms the team norms shouldn't be a document that lives in a document or, or things that live in a document it should literally be something that we own so if we say that hey this is how we do things that is how we do things it needs to be a living breathing document it should not the only reason to be documented is that the next person that comes along can read it and not because you know it's it's like the I don't know, a declaration of independence or kind of thing. So no, it needs to be complete and breathed out all the time. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So we have covered a lot of ground within OKRs. And you also mentioned that it's nice to hire someone who will ask you why you're doing this every now and then. Is there anything else that you, you'd like to forewarn or audience or you'd like to share? In my career, I've seen myself to grow. So that's the positive part of it. But growth comes from normally not from the best places, right? So there was a time where I used to be an engineer that I would never hire now. So I, I used to like to write more difficult code, the most difficult code I could, because I can. And it basically at that point showed that, hey, you know what? I know better than everybody else on my team. And, and believe me, I, I think that's an advice I give to everybody, regardless of if anybody asks me, even about OKRs. So I know it's not directly related, but definitely know this, that being a team player is very important. And that is something that I learned the hard way. I became a loner who who basically was assigned tasks that were to be done alone, which made sense for my managers most till, at least till 2010, it made sense to them that, you know what, keep him alone. He can do things alone, and that's probably a good thing because he, in a team, he basically, he like, I'm not a bad person. I'm, 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 I like to have fun, make jokes and do all of those things. But when it got into engineering aspects, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm very smart. So I'm going to do things very complicatedly. That's not a smart thing. So I learned it from my own failures that being a good team member is very important. And that basically drives how I build teams now. And that basically drives me into looking for ways to improving team performance and, and team dynamics. And this in, in itself is a very helpful way of making sure that your teams are aligned. They have the right values at their core that they're driving towards and they're performing and they know that how performant they are or if they're not performing. So basically for as an advice about people who are trying to think about OKRs, about trying to implement value-driven organization, how they want to drive the right kind of people or probably hire the right kind of people. At your heart, you really need to know what you're trying to do. And that basically should be that, you know, you're trying to build the best team so that you can provide the best solutions to the customers. And that's all you're really looking for at the end of the day. So yeah, I used to be a bad engineer, not in the technical sense, but from a people management sense. And now I am the exact opposite, you know, I, I, I preach this. So. Thank you. It sounds like a really awesome way that you have come to today's episode of the Level Up Engineering Podcast. 
And with that said, thank you for joining us, Jazzy. It was a really enlightening conversation about OKRs and using them freely. If any of your listeners would like to follow your work, where can they find you online? First of all, thank you for having me. They can definitely find me uh, on LinkedIn. I do try to be good with writing one article about team management a month. I have fallen behind on the last month, so I should be writing something now. But yeah, they can definitely look me up over LinkedIn. They can definitely find me there. That's the only place I actually write anything. So yeah. Thank you very much. Dearest listeners, Today, we talked about OKRs and how to create awesome teams who use OKRs. And we learned a lot from Jahanzeeb Khan, Jazzy, who is a senior software engineering manager at Electronic Arts. I thank you for joining us today. I am Karolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.